Hello and welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. I'm Heidi Mark, coach and biggest cheerleader for successful but secretly overwhelmed women. As well as weekly episodes here on the podcast, you can find out more about what I offer by going to heidimark.co.uk. So you want to do hard things because you want to live your life to the full, but you don't really want everything to feel hard. Now, this is really important. How can we do hard things the gentle rebel way? How can we do hard things without overwhelm, without exhaustion, without beating ourselves up, without thinking there's something wrong with us? How can we do those bigger things that to us feel hard without pushing against ourselves, without them actually being hard, as in pushing, closing down the heart, putting on a suit of armour, toughening up? How can we do them? Because it's the how. So I just want to reiterate this. If you're, you know, if this is the first time you've listened to an episode, this is not a reiteration, is it? This is a hello and welcome to my world um, where we are wanting to live life to the full but rejecting the narrative that overwhelm and exhaustion is just the deal you make with the universe to have a full life because it's very tempting to think that we have to stop doing hard things we have to stop expanding into fuller and fuller lives and fuller and fuller versions of ourselves if we don't want overwhelm It can often feel, even when you've dealt with the overwhelm, because I've realised that this still comes up for me occasionally and I catch it and work on it and let it go and just expand more. And that's this thing about, so you deal with the overwhelm and then it's like, I can't risk doing the bigger things that I still want to do because then it'll all happen again. And I've worked really hard to deal with the overwhelm all the exhaustion I always start when I'm when I'm talking about overwhelm it's like the next step is that frustration exhaustion because it's when we're stuck in our heads pushing through overwhelm we're ignoring the body ignoring the heart so we don't have the energy and the passion and, and the commitment and courage from the heart and we're not looking after the body so we get more and more exhausted so when I'm saying overwhelm that's like overwhelm is the symptom it's the sign, it's it's your guide, it's your guide saying, hang on, this is the wrong way, or, or yeah, I don't like right and wrong, because I'm not going to tell you what to do with your life, wrong way, as in, there's an easier way, there's a more playful way, there's a more gentle way, there's a better way for you, there's a you way of doing things, and that overwhelm is a guide to say, uh-oh, course correction time, you're being too hard on yourself, That's what I know to be true for me and that's what I know to be true for my clients and that's what I know to be true from geeking out on all things overwhelm. So the idea is that we still get to do the hard things or things that we are labelling hard. So for me, one of those things is writing my book at the moment, which I'm going to discuss. I'm going to give you three examples of ways I'm doing this right now in my life so that you can see how I'm gently rebelling. You can see my own gentle rebellion. So the choice is not between not doing hard things and being free of overwhelm. The choice is between identifying things that we are labelling as hard. And when I say label, I don't mean that lightly. I don't mean as in, oh, you're a big wuss because you're saying that's hard and it's not. 
I don't mean that at all. I mean things that we are told are hard, things that we believe to be hard, things that to us feel hard. Whatever they are to you, they could be easy to somebody else. It's absolutely irrelevant. The things that you identify in your life right now that are the hard things, the things that you you a, a really cool way of an easier way of identifying them if you if they don't already spring to mind, which I highly suspect they do, is when you go to do them, fear comes up. When you go to do them, you procrastinate. When you go to do them, you get really overwhelmed. When you go to do them, you feel exhausted. When you go to do them, you get this, oh, it's not really that important. And you kind of rationalise it into, yeah, well, it's just like not the right time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the headspace. I, it's just like the so-and-so won't be happy if I do that. Like, And I'm not saying these are excuses. I'm saying they're symptoms, they're signs that this feels too hard. Those are the things, those things that would light you up. If you imagine them done, they're the things that feel really good. That They're the things that are frustrating to keep putting off and off and off. You are done with putting them off. You want to do them now. This episode is about how to do the hard things the gentle rebel way. So before we get into that, I'm just going to do this like how I'm getting on, what I'm up to just because I know that sometimes you like to know. And then I've realised that because I'm giving three examples of what I'm actually up to right now and how I'm practising what I preach. Oh God, I hope I don't preach. How awful. You know what I mean? How I walk my walk and talk my talk or whatever. Walk your talk? I don't know. You know. How I do what I say. Yeah, how I do what I say. I much prefer that. Much simpler. That will give you a huge insight into what I'm up to at the moment. Anyway, so I'm not going to waste your time at the beginning. But one thing that I am doing more of is um, working with one-to-one clients because that's something I decided I wanted to do. And I have to say, I'm loving it. And I find it really quite funny that two years ago, or even one year ago, I was really resistant to taking on um, one-to-one clients. Like I was taking on one-to-one clients, but what I mean is I was resistant to... Um, just being about that and I'm not just about this this is fun it's not making any sense at all Heidi what I mean is I wasn't I was very resistant to the idea of um setting myself up as a coach of of like putting out there I'm a coach even though I've been coaching for a long time and even though I'm a good coach I was like "Mm, I want to I want to reach more people I want to do courses and I also I think part of it was um just needing to heal from um, my burnout were and I lost so much confidence and I needed some space for myself and I guess for me one-to-one just felt like too much interaction with people I'm not actually entirely sure that's true now <laughs> but I think I was scared I think I lost I know I was scared and I know I lost confidence and I also know that because I am very mission driven I am a I'm a big visionary I was like well, how can I reach m- many people with the least energy and that to me was um course creation and that's fine but I also discovered that that I love working one-to-one and um so I just decided I'm going to do more one-to-one and I am doing more one-to-one and it's joyful and it oh my god I just love it I it's really hard to explain when I work with somebody when I work with somebody full stop so whether that's one-to-one or in my um group program I can see for them what they can't see for themselves yet. And that, I do believe that's just the job of a good coach, right? My coach can do that. 
for me. And that's just, it's a privilege. It's like this most, it's a gift when somebody says, yeah, I want to work with you. And then you just go, oh, it's so exciting because I can see it. And then I get to, to help that person allow themselves into being that fuller version of themselves. And it's just such a privilege. It's really hard to, I, I don't have words to describe how much I love doing this work. And I guess I'm just putting out there that I'm just feel incredibly grateful. See, can you hear the tears in my eyes? I'm such, I'm such a sensitive, emotional person. So that's, that's one of the most joyful things that's happening with me right now. And I'm really, really grateful for that. And if you want to work with me one to one, grab, <laughs> grab a space, grab a, yeah, press the discovery call button below this or go to my website and press the work with me and just book a call because obviously as one to one coach, yes, I've opened up for more spaces, but there's a limit how many um, people I can I can hold space for at once by definition also because as a gentle rebel, I refuse to overwork and I work in a very unique way and that requires me to be also holding the space for me to have a joyful life which means that I don't work very many hours in a week so anyway if you're interested in working with me and you're just ready or you've got any, if you've got questions just ask if you're ready to work with me book a call let's chat see if we're fit to work together no obligation but that's how we do that's how we do it we talk to each other and I help you make empower you to make the decision that feels good for you and that's it it's lovely discovery calls are a, a, a similar in a, a joyful in a similar way but yeah just it's all good it's all just oh god I'm rambling here anyway I'll shut up now and get on with <laughs> get on with this oh another thing I'm doing that you might be excited about I hope you're going to be excited about which I'm behind on and I'm okay with the fact I'm behind on I'm creating a summer sale because I realized I've got um I've got a couple of tiny tiny huge courses when I say tiny huge I mean they're really small because who's got time for a course? You certainly haven't got time for a course. Um, but they're huge as in they have a big impact because that's what I'm all about. How small can I make something to get the biggest impact? And I have two that are, I'm not actively selling and marketing and I just think that's rude, quite frankly, because <laughs> you might want them and I believe in them. Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to do a bit of a hello, these courses are here to help you. But I'm, I haven't managed to do the, um, I was going to do a special summer sale bundle because I thought that would be fun because it's really nice in the summer to um, put your earbuds in, find some space for yourself and just let my voice wash over you, which is how my courses work. Um, but I haven't done that yet. And I'm okay with that. That's okay. It'll all happen in the right time. But look out for that. So if you're not on my mailing list, you're going to want to get on my mailing list so that you hear about that because I'm going to do this special summer discounted um, sale for fun because I can. And so you're going to want to hear about that because obviously it'd be for limited time. It'll also be on, I hope it better be on next week's podcast. Of course it will be because I will. It doesn't take that much effort, Heidi. It's just that. I've had higher priorities, which I'm going to discuss with you. These are bit, I've been focused on my doing the hard things the gentle rebel way, and that's why I haven't done that small thing. I'm not going to apologise. I'm just going to let you know. Woohoo, that's coming up. So stay tuned. Oh, hilarious. 
Right, I'm going to stop rambling. I feel like I'm being ridiculously silly today. Right. Doing hard things the gentle rebel way. So if something comes to mind immediately, just let that be. And then as you listen, you might find that it starts to shift and change. I hope so, because I want this to be. I'm, I really feel like I'm infusing energy into this episode extra much today. I'm just I'm, I'm really excited about the idea that an episode can cause a shift and transformation for you just by listening just by listening and being open to to things shifting for you so it's worth kind of like um i mean don't hold on to things too tightly that's because i mean you could you could like identify some things sit down with a journal and work through it that way if you wanted to or you can just let my words wash through you and just see what comes up and then make sure that you pay attention to insights that come up over the next few days or weeks either way or both whatever works for you okay so doing hard things the gentle way so number one we're going to gently rebel against them being hard this is really important so what if to if to somebody else they're not hard um, that means there's a possibility of them not being hard for us, right? So just entertaining the idea that it's possible that they exist somewhere in the universe as not being a hard thing. So one of the things for me is I'm writing my book and writing a book is considered to be a hard thing. But what if it's not? What if it's not for me or what if it's not at this point in history? What if it's not for everyone? What if there's anybody, if there's one single person out there who finds it easy to write a book, that destroys the idea that writing a book is a hard thing. And I realised that my labelling the book as a big project, as a big heavy thing, was actually unhelpful and that I needed to rebel against that. So that's number one. We're going to gently rebel against the idea that hard things are hard, always, for all time, like a definite thing. And if we can find any evidence to the contrary, that's helpful, but it's not always helpful. So if, if for example, we said, well, that, that's not hard for that person, and then we start comparing ourselves to that person, that's not going to work, is it? And as a gentle rebel, we're not open and available for that. We're not open and available for comparing ourselves to others and deciding that in any way we're inadequate. because. If you're going to compare yourself to somebody else and decide that you're a bit rubbish, well, that's not an act of self-love. It doesn't serve anybody at all. It doesn't do anything. If you're going to compare yourself to somebody else and say, oh, my God, that's amazing. How did they do it? What was their thinking behind it? What was their energy behind it? What was their intention? Did they have support? Can you see it's completely different? And I hope that you're starting to realise that the gentle rebellion is very much about how we do things, how we do things, how we do things. So the next thing is, which is linked. So we're rebelling against them being hard by rejecting or maybe just resisting the idea that life has to be hard. Now, I started off with by rejecting the idea that life has to be hard. And then I realized that the rejecting is is quite a pushy energy and that because the gentle rebellion is about this playfulness, this gentleness, this tuning into this sensitive, how do you want to do things under the radar? It's more sneaky and playful. Re maybe reject isn't a word that 
embodies that. So instead, I was going for maybe just resisting. So it's like I'm just letting it go. I'm letting go of the idea that life has to be hard, particularly the idea that your life has to be hard or my life has to be hard because we want more than other people. So anytime we think, oh, but I just want too much, then that means the deal I do is that it gets to be hard. The deal I do for having the life I want and getting to feel at home in it is that it has to be hard. And by definition, that doesn't work because it's not going to feel like your life. You're not going to get to be yourself. You're certainly not going to feel at home in it. So it's it is actually an oxymoron, the idea that we do a deal where we get to have what we want, but the price we pay is it's hard. We get overwhelmed, exhausted and frustrated. Can you see? But unless we question it, it's the current narrative is that it gets to be hard, that life is hard. Life is hard. Life is hard. What if it's not? What if it doesn't have to be? And then if you start going, well, for some people, it's really, really hard and I'm really lucky. So I ought to feel OK. In what way is that serving anybody? Is that serving the people who you're thinking about who are in terrible situations? Is it serving them? No. Is it serving you? Definitely not. Do you have a duty to be happy when other people are miserable? Probably, maybe, but not in a way that's going to add pressure to you because that's not what a gentle rebel does. A gentle rebel resists the pressure, that automatic pressure that comes from the training that we have had in the kind of society we grew up in without blaming the society because it's not necessary or if it's helpful to you, you can do it, but watch where your energy is going because if we get too caught up in the, well, I shouldn't have had this said to me as a child. The schooling system needs changing. Yeah, 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 maybe. But what about you? What about so a gentle rebel is just going to stand in their truth that for them, the school system felt pressured. The school system ended up um, teaching them habits that helped them become successful, but no longer help them and that now they need to let go of. And it's unhelpful if we get really caught up in the anger of wanting to change everything or blame everything, because then we just lose our power. We lose our energy. We lose our attention. We lose our focus. We lose our gentleness. And as gentleness is so important. And then another aspect I want to bring into this is that by listening to the resistance. So so when anything that's coming up for you whether it's words, whether it's feelings in the body, whether it's like something in the heart, anything that's coming up for you that feels like a resistance to my words. You know, if you're if you're kind of arguing back with me, yeah, you say that, Heidi, but it's easy for you or, you know, but it is hard for me, Heidi. And, and that thing I want, it is hard. Anything that's coming up for you that is resistance to um, being open to the idea that, that it doesn't have to be hard for you, that can be used in a really useful way. So one of the things is just to notice what comes up. So some of the things that come up might be, yes, but I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be selfish and I don't want to miss out on my life. So I accept that things have to be hard because I don't want to. Well, the lazy and selfish I think is related to, well, I know it is for me, and some of my clients, it can be related to the idea that I don't want to be like the kind of person who's hurt me in the past. I don't want to be that kind of person who's lazy and selfish. So if you think about it, if you're in a, if you're, um, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're in work or business. So you're the go-to person to get things done and you take on masses of responsibility. You take on huge emotional weight on your shoulders for other people's happiness. 
So some of those people, not all of them, but some of those people will be offloading their stuff onto you because they're lazy and or, and or selfish. And because you don't want to be them, you just don't want to be them. You're not, that's not who you are. You're somebody who loves to make people happy. You're somebody who helps other people. You like being the go-to person to get things done. You like being reliable and trustworthy. So because you don't want to be them, when I say to you things don't have to be hard, that might come up to you. And I want you just to recognise that. That's resistance, but it's interesting information. What if you, you can turn around the words lazy and selfish? So lazy. What if you can be purposefully lazy in this like allowing way? So one of the things that I know is true for me and my clients, what I found in my work is when we strive for that feeling of ease, satisfaction, acceptance, etc., we don't tend to get it. It's because these things are an allowing like sleep, like rest, like um ease, joy, happiness, being ourselves, feeling at home. They're an allowing thing. So we can use the word lazy to turn that around and go, I practice being lazy so that I can allow into my life all of the lovely things I've already worked hard for, but that I haven't been paying attention to because I've trained my mind to go into what's next, what's next, what's next, what's wrong, what's wrong, what needs improving, what needs improving, next problem, next problem, next problem. So actually, we can turn that around. So what I would go with the question, what do you mean by lazy? <laughs> what is it about people who are lazy that you don't like, that you don't want to emulate? Is it because in the past or now, there are people around you who slopey shoulder their work onto you and that's caused you, that's cost you? And of course, you don't want to be the kind of person who costs other people the same. So celebrate that about yourself and then think, right, I'm taking back the word lazy for myself. I have. I've put in my, I don't know, my messy journal somewhere about how I really want to allow this this feeling of luxurious laziness where I get to be so comfortable in my own skin, so satisfied by the work and the impact I have on the world, so feel so loved that. I get to just lounge, you know, just like go, yeah, I work really hard or even not. So it's not actually, this is really important. It's not just after working really hard or loving somebody or doing something good. It's really important that it's just like because I am, because I exist, I get to enjoy luxurious laziness. It's a deep act of, it's a, it's a rebellious act of self-care to say, I get to have luxurious laziness regardless of what I've achieved today. It's really rebellious. So if you're finding that not a very gentle rebellion, if it's like, well, that's too much, make it smaller. So think of how can I, what comes up for you when you think about the word lazy? What comes up for you when I say that I'm stepping into more and more luxurious laziness? What comes up for you? Notice that resistance because in the resistance is the power because the resistance is giving you useful information. It's self-awareness. So just allow that to wash over. You just get curious. What comes up? What can you do with that? How can it be helpful? How can you be more kind to yourself, more gentle? What do you want to do with that? What's it telling you? Because it'll be different for you than for me or not and then the um selfishness is really important so 
one of the resistance to um, rebellious acts of self-care is, but it's really selfish. One of the resistances that comes up in the morning promise, one of my go-to tools that I teach and use myself, the morning promise, I commit to myself first to living my life my way. The selfishness is going to come up, right? I can't put myself first. That's outrageous. It's just, that's just not right, Heidi. Well, I'd like to gently and politely and kindly challenge you on that because actually I commit to myself first. When we look after ourselves first, we remove the need for other people to worry about us. We show up as our best. We serve best. So if I wasn't looking after myself and I went to go on a call with a client, then they would get less. And that's I'm not available for that. My clients get the best. So my clients get the best, so I commit to myself first. My partner wants the best version of me. He deserves that. He's incredible. So I, I commit to myself first. My dogs don't want the grumpy stress donor, so I commit to myself first. To living my life my way. Well, this is what it's taken me quite a while to work out, so I'm 54. By being myself. I am at my best in the world. I get to have my full adventure. I get my dreams get to come true. Everything happens from being myself, from from being the full Heidi. One of the um, journaling activities I did this morning is because I've been really struggling. So for for ages, um, people have been saying, and when I say people, I mean business mentors, coaches, etc. Be more Heidi. And I suddenly realised, like, I thought it was a confidence thing. It's like well, I can't just show up as myself. What does that even mean? No, it's not that at all. It's like I actually didn't know what it meant. <laughs> what does it mean to be more Heidi? What does that even mean? It's not like nobody else can show me that because nobody else is me. So that's quite hard, actually. So I've just let that sink in a bit going. And then I realised it's about loving myself. So when I started this practice of I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, which I got from a book. I think it's called Loving Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. I didn't read the book. (laughs) Very often, don't read books. I read samples or I read the title. I think I read some of the sample. I don't even know if I read that actual book. I don't know what I did. Anyway, it came from another book I was reading. It said she'd read this book. I don't know. You know how it works. So I thought, well, this is this. That's it. I read about somebody who wrote the book. Then I didn't read his book. But basically, his story was he'd had this terrible, terrible time, like really bad. Can't remember what it was now. And he just started this practice. He reached absolute rock bottom and he started just saying, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And apparently, I haven't read the book, his life changed. And I thought, well, that makes sense, right? Because when we love and accept ourselves, we're different in the world and then better stuff happens. This. I know this to be true, but, you know, if you want to go with the fluffier way of looking at it, you'd go with the saying smile and the world smiles with you. And and we know this. We walk around in a foul mood and we don't make anybody's day better. And we certainly don't make our day. You know, when we write the day off. Well, that's ruined the whole day because my I've got stuck in traffic and now I'm late and now doom, everything's going to go wrong. It's kind of we can kind of predict how our day is going to go. So. Let's back it up and pull it all together. So, how to do hard things the gentle rebel way. Gently rebel against the idea that they are hard things by rejecting or maybe just gently resisting the idea that life has to be hard. Or that by 
doing hard things, that's the deal we make to have the life that we want. And then by listening to any resistance to that being true for you, particularly around things being you would become lazy and selfish if things were easy for you. And then the second one is this idea that if I don't do the hard things the hard way, I won't live my full life. So just noticing what comes up for you. And then I'm just going to give you three examples of how I'm doing this right now in my life. So the first one is fitness. Now, I've noticed that, that over the, I don't know how long, last few months, I've been really procrastinating around this like a bit cross that Simon has this a mince pie a day during the Christmas period is brings you luck because maybe it doesn't it just brings me more weight and although I'm actually very comfortable with my weight um and I'm very happy with my body I put weight on from eating the mince pies and then it we see then there was chocolate then something else happened I don't know, there just seems to be a lot of chocolate. And then he, Simon bake, was baking and it's lovely and it's all fun. It's all like lovely, lovely stuff. But I was like, yeah, I'm heavier than I want to be. I don't want to be this this weight. This is just not what I wanted. And I also wanted to feel stronger. So I wanted more muscle. I don't know. There was just, you know, and then I was like, well, I'm not going to do the bashy way. Um, and then I noticed that although I was writing down every day I'm going to do things like I'm going to do more yoga I'm going to go for more walk you know I was writing in things that I wanted to do they weren't really happening or they weren't happening consistently so I noticed procrastination around my plans and then obviously I noticed the um disappointment with myself and then I didn't go very far I honestly don't let myself go into the whole you need to be better at this because it's just a nonsense. I reject that. The constant building of an impossible to do list and an invisible get better at list. They're the two things that that I teach to <laughs> resist and to not eliminate, but change how we. I did an um, episode, I think it was a couple of years ago, about to do lists and how, and somebody's, you know, I've had more than one people say that that was really good, really helpful. Um, so you can reframe your to-do list. And then this secret invisible get better at list, it just eats away at you. You're never quite good enough. You're not worthy. That That's rubbish. I don't want that. I'm, I'm not available for an overwhelming to-do list. I'm not available for overwhelm full stop. I'm not available for exhaustion. I'm not available for having an invisible get better at list. But it's sneaky. Both those things are sneaky. So I have to catch my mind and turn it around, which is what I do. So this is what I've been doing instead. So I wanted to actually, there's, there were loads of things I wanted to do, like I wanted to kayak more, I wanted to cycle and I didn't have a bike. I wanted to walk more, I wanted to um, be lifting weights, I wanted to do more yoga, like there was more qigong, there was like loads of stuff I wanted to do. So it's not like there's not things that I like and that are fun. So kayaking, I have been kayaking, so I'm really happy with that. Um, what else? So the next thing, I think yoga is really important to me because I've kind of always, always done it. Like, and I was going to say badly, but that's a negative self-judgment, which I reject. I would say inconsistently, as in um, I might say, oh, I should do a whole hour today. And because it's a whole hour, I don't do it. 
and then I do a little bit, five or ten minutes, but I discount that. Well, neither of those is helpful. One's a big pressure and the other is ridiculous. So this is what I've been doing instead. I have the yoga mat in my bedroom and then I get up and I pretty much now always do and I, I, this is silly because I've actually now I'm saying this to you, I've been doing this anyway, but I was discounting it. So I pretty much always start my day with a little bit of qigong or yoga. And to me, they're very similar. And I'm probably breaking all the rules and combining them because that's what I do. And also because I was trained in Zen yoga, which comes from um, the qigong branch of things more than the hatha yoga anyway. So these kind of all combine really easily and really nicely. But I wanted to up my... Um, kind of physical practice so qigong can be I guess I was thinking of it as a gentler more energetic practice and I wanted to do some more kind of like physical yoga so I just decided I'm going to do a very short sun salutation and one that is good for me that works for me and that's what I'm doing and I'm doing it with real intention with real connection to the body, feeling the strength of my muscles, enjoying the physicality of it. So it's, it's a meditation. It's a moving meditation, but it's like a strong physical one because that's important to me. I want to feel stronger. You know, I'm 54. I know it's important to weight bear and it just feels really nourishing. And I'm really, really enjoying that. And the reason I'm enjoying it is there's no pressure. I've removed the pressure. I'm like, if I do one minute, that's enough. One minute counts. And as soon as one minute counts, five or 10 minutes is nothing. Five or 10 minutes feels like the one minute because as soon as I remove the pressure, it's easy. And this comes from um, a book that I have shared before, Kaizen, One More, one Small Step to Save Your Life, I think it's called. And there's a story in there about um, a coach and a woman he was coaching and she was like really, really overweight and she was just resisting doing anything about it. And he said, just bounce once in front of the television, bounce once. So do this little bounce and the next day do two and then three, etc. So it's these, what we're doing is we're bypassing the amygdala, the fear center in the brain. And we're just saying, well, I'm doing it anyway. And you're not going to notice it's not a big deal. And this is a gentle rebellion. So instead of saying I must do or I ought to do or it would be good for me to do a proper, in inverted commas, um, yoga practice every single day. Instead, I'm just going, well, this is how I start my day. I clean my teeth. Actually, I do the yoga first. I do my yoga. I meditate. I clean my teeth. I journal. This is just who I am. Da, 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 da. It's not a big deal. Nobody's noticing. Nobody needs to know. I don't tell anyone. I just told you, but I'm OK because I'm sharing it because that's what I do. I'm demonstrating that you can do hard things your way. So the yoga is now happening. The and when I say that, I mean this moving meditation that allows my body to get stronger and more supple, that allows energy to flow, that just feels really good. So I'm doing that. I'm actually doing it morning and evening from between five, ten minutes, probably. And that's I'm really good with that. And then if any other spontaneous yoga happens in the day, I'm good with that. If it doesn't, that's fine. If I miss a day, it's fine because it doesn't matter because it's not a big deal. I just do it. There's my yoga mat. Get it out. Roll it out. And what I've done is I've attached success to the rolling out of the mat. <laughs> that's it I don't have to do anything the success is rolling out the mat Woohoo! brilliant me and in the evening I don't roll the mat out I just lie on the floor that's it 
because it's just you know because I'm winding down for bed so it's like oh, I'm not I can't bother with the mat and I'm not doing anything that I'm not balancing so don't necessarily need the mat easy right so I've done that what else have I added in a multi-gym <laughs> this is quite funny so I wanted to lift more weight and I'm a big fan of the kettlebell swing because it's one of the most efficient all-time uh, weight-bearing exercises and for some reason I'm not doing it I know why I'm not doing it because it's quite difficult to do inside I have done it in my bedroom but yeah it's like I, I don't want to break anything and then I could do it outside but the weather in England is is varied we have a lot of weather and I guess I don't get into the pattern of it because then it's raining again so and then I'm like, well, when we've built, we're building a straw bale garden room and that's where it's going to go. I'll do it then. And then we're not building it. So it's not happening yet. It is now happening, by the way. The straw bale garden room is happening. Super excited. But if I wait until that's built, I mean, it's not going to have a floor for a while. Like I'm not going to pick up a kettlebell. It could be months like that's not acceptable. I wish to do it now. So what happened is this. Um, Simon wanted bifold doors. And obviously, when you're building a straw bale room, you're using local materials. Straw is a waste material. You're, you know, it's all um, we want to recycle. And also, you're not going to put super expensive bifold doors in a. Well, I guess you could. But anyway, we didn't want to. So anyway, Simon found some on free cycle. It's like, blimey, amazing. And they also had a multi gym. I mean, it's just so funny. So we, we had to hire a van to get the doors, which, God, are much heavier than than my mind. My mind didn't even think about that. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, and so we picked up this multi-gym and we didn't have to take it to bits. It had been standing on her drive for ages, but it's fine. And now it's in our garden, which is just hilarious because um, from my bedroom window, I can see my beautiful, beautiful garden. And as many of you will know, I adore my garden. I just absolutely love it. It's magical. And now in my view is the multi-gym, the top of the multi-gym. But actually, I love that, too, because it just represents even more of the life that I've always wanted. You know, I... I I, I'm quite happy to go to a gym, but I don't want to drive anywhere. Not because I, I love driving, but I just, if I want to work out, I just want to do it. I'm a, I'm just, well, it's my rebellious nature. I really don't want to drive there and have to, I don't know, deal with people, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to go into the garden. Basically, I want a gym, a home gym, and we will soon have one because this is one of the things that will go in the straw bale garden room because that's where we can it's a quiet space for like um yoga kettlebells everything but at the moment we don't have it so there's now a multi-gym in my garden i just find this highly amusing because i also find it amusing because at the moment we haven't had rain for a while so it's not getting wet so it's actually like being in a country that doesn't have rain where you don't have to constantly be bringing your garden cushions in and then putting them back out again and putting your washing out and then bringing it back in and putting your multi-gym on your lawn and then we well, can't bring that back in because it's super heavy so anyway that's what's going on with me a multi-gym has magically appeared on my lawn for free and I love it 
I absolutely love it. Simon's gone away. And before we went away, I was like, you have to set the multi-gym up. And when I say set it up, it was only putting the weights back on. Because obviously we had a van, we didn't have to dismantle it, which is probably a good idea because I'm not sure if it would dismantle. But it all works brilliantly and it's recycled. It's I'm so excited. Anyway, I really like it because I don't have any, I don't have any like, um, I don't have in mind this like ripped body or anything like that. I just, I just think it's really nice to feel the strength of your muscle. I think my muscles are amazing. I think my body is a magical healing machine that can do amazing things like I can lift things and and having more muscle is a good thing I like it it's nice so I'm not going to become this like <laughs> ripped body I'm not interested I don't have any kind of I suppose I have a little bit of a like yeah I just like to have a little bit more definition but it's not that it's about the joy of having a body and then this machine on the lawn and I can just go outside before breakfast for 10 minutes and I'm using my um, breath to connect with my body and I'm really getting out of my head because I noticed this morning I was doing it. I was like, where's my head? And my head was in this podcast, rehearsing this podcast, thinking about this podcast, getting ideas, getting excited. I'm like, no, in the body, in the body. It's so nice because it's so physical to gently and slowly lift a weight and to, to experience my arms, to experience my legs, to experience work. Actually, I think it gets most, it gets a lot of muscles. It's nice. And then, so I did it on Sunday morning and I was super excited. So I probably lifted a little bit more than I should have done. I didn't hurt myself. I was just like, oh my God, I ache. I was just quite excited about that. It was nice. So then I just waited a couple of days so, so it can heal. And then I thought, oh, I still ache a little bit there. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway because it's just I really like it I don't know how long this will last um I hope it will last because it's easy and it's fun and it's joyful so there you go I'm now doing yoga and qigong every day I'm lifting weights I'm actually because I'm excited about lifting weights um I'm gonna get the kettlebell I think I just might put the kettlebell near the multi-gym because I can because we haven't had rain for a bit I don't I'm planning that by the time it rains again, the straw bale garden room will be up and I can bung it all in there. That's my plan. We'll see. We might have to erect a tent over it all instead. Oh, I could put a tent up. Now, what I like about what I'm doing right now, I hope you can hear the playfulness in my voice. Instead of saying it's hard to get the fitness that I want, I'm saying, how can I make it happen? How can I make it fun? How can I make it easy? And at every step, I'm removing the pressure. I'm removing the idea there's anything wrong with me, that I have to do this. I get to choose it and I get to enjoy it and I get to make it fun and I'm playing with it. It would be hilarious to put a tent up on our lawn over the multi-gym and the kettlebell. It would be funny. It would also be fun because it's it's it would look ridiculous. Like, Oh, is somebody come to stay? No, that's my gym. It's funny. And that, I love that. I love that things get to be funny, that I get to do things differently, that I get to play. I'm gently rebelling against the idea that that's a ridiculous thing to do. It's not. It's it's done. I love it. Right. And the other thing, God, this, this is getting a bit long, this episode, isn't it? Let's do this. So, the other fitness thing is intermittent fasting. Now, this has been really interesting for me because I have known for a while that fasting is really good for you for lots and lots of reasons I'm not going to go into. I no longer 
Google and geek out on nutrition stuff because it fills my head and I refuse to retain all of this stuff in my head because I wish to have a clear headspace. So basically, I read stuff, I summarise it, I remember the bits I need and I dump the rest. So something's either good for me, lights me up, energises me, it's my kind of thing, or it's not. So I let it go. And then I let go of all of the research and just remember, oh yeah, I want to do intermittent fasting because I know it's good for me. And if there's anything I need to remember in order to motivate myself, I will. So, for example, apparently intermittent fasting's uh, it's anti-aging, it's gut healing, it's good for your mitochondria, which are the powerhouse little things. Um, I don't know, I guess. See, I've forgotten. I can't tell you anymore. Oh, that's hilarious. I like the fact that I've forgotten. Anyway, basically, lots of things. So I decided that I wanted to do it. But here's the thing. Simon got into it first and it used to be the other way around. I'd geek out on this stuff and, and he might be resistant to it or try it later. He's got really into it. He's doing like I went away for a weekend, came back and he'd done a 36 hour fast and felt marvellous. Then he'd had a sauna and a cold plunge. I was like, I was a little bit of envy, I have to say. I was I was like, that's that's the kind of person I thought I might aspire to be. And he beat me there. So actually, I've been inspired by him and that's really nice. Oh, God, I realise I said that as if I'm never inspired by him. He inspires me a lot, but the nutrition stuff I used to do first anyway. And I used to inspire him. And now it's switched. And that's nice because now I don't have to read the stuff. I just ask him. And I really like that. So anyway, I was kind of trying it and then I was struggling with it. So and I'd read that intermittent fasting isn't is different for women. So I hung on to that and went, well, it's just harder for women. So I'm going to break my fast when it works for me. And I thought, that's great. And that's working for me. But it wasn't working for me. So what was working was not eating, eating, um, eating my meal in the evening earlier. So, for example, eating at four or five instead of six to seven makes a huge difference in the quality of my sleep. Oh, my goodness. This was lovely for me just amazing so I was really excited about that but I'd got into my routine in the morning I have this most delicious coffee we have the most incredible coffee maker I love my coffee the ritual the ritual of it I love it when Simon brings it to me Sunday morning in bed like there's so much joy in that but it breaks the fast I'm like well I'm not giving that up because that's joyful I'm not I'm not fasting and missing out that's not happening that's one of my most intensely joyful experiences of my week i i really find this this you might laugh at this you can laugh at this i'm okay with that it's almost a spiritual experience for me because it's such good coffee simon specially selects it um as in looking for great deals of ethical coffee i'm i'm connecting to the people who made the coffee it's like there's so much to get from a coffee bean like like you can smell and taste the earth and the air around the plant i mean Anyway, I'm geeking out on this stuff. I didn't want to give up my coffee to fast. So I was doing probably 12 to 14 hours. We naturally do a 12 to 14 hour fast anyway. So if you finish eating at six and you don't eat till eight, that's 14 hour fast, right? That's that's cool. And that's really good for you. And, and apparently most people don't do that. So I already had that. I thought that would do. But then I noticed, and I believe this is related to what I was talking about earlier about you know, eating the mince pies and the chocolate and putting on a bit of weight. I noticed my energy wasn't quite where I wanted it. Um, 
so and I've had blood sugar issues in the past that I'd solved and now I was like mm, I don't like this I want more energy um, my gut I've done gut healing protocols before I noticed my gut wasn't as happy sometimes it is and then it will kind of get knocked out again I said no I'm not I don't like this I want to heal my gut and I want to power up my mitochondria because they're the energy powerhouses so I decided I'm going to do some intermittent fasting and I was reading this book about intuitive intermittent fasting by Dr Will Cole I hadn't read all the book before I just went for it because basically he does a four-week program and obviously I'm going to rebel against it because that's the nature of being a Heidi um, the first week was have a 12-hour fast well we do that anyway so that was easy and we already eat really good food so that was easy so then I went for the second one but I didn't plan it <laughs> I did it accidentally because I was reading the book before I went to Glastonbury then I went to Glastonbury and actually at Glastonbury I did quite long fast by accident because it was really hot and I found it quite difficult to find um, healthy, um, locally produced, quality, gluten-free food. I just found it quite difficult. And I was also struggling with the crowds a bit. So like, oh, I can't walk all over there. I can't go through all those people to that really nice organic place. So I ended up fasting by accident, but actually it felt really good. So anyway, <laughs> and then I wasn't very well after Glastonbury. So there's been this gap and I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared to do a whole week of 18 hour fast, but I kind of went, I did the weekend because it's easier at the weekend and I loved it. Actually, I didn't like it to start with. I didn't like it to start with and it. this is what it raised for me. First of all, it was like, I'm not going to be bashy. So if it got to a stage where I was stressing my body out, I was going to break the 18 hour fast. That was the commitment I made to myself. I wasn't doing it to be restrictive and unkind to myself. I wasn't available for that. I was doing it to, to support my gut and my energy levels. And I was willing to be curious and playful with it. This is really, really important. So intuitive fasting or an 18 hour fast or longer. Oh, well, that could be a hard thing, right? No, I'm not. I was not available to do it as a hard thing. It had to be a playful, curious, nourishing thing for me. So on the first day of the fast, I felt really tired. So I rested a lot. I listened to a healing meditation online and fell asleep. I journaled a huge amount. This is really interesting to me is that during the time I wasn't eat, I found this spaciousness because you're not in the routine of and now I eat. Now I have my coffee. Now I have my breakfast. Now I do this. Now I do this. Now I do this. Always thinking about food. What's the next meal? How can I make it delicious? How can I make it healthy? No, like the, all this space was created. And this is only an 18 hour fast. And I don't say that as if that was an easy thing. I say it as I just missed breakfast. So it. It was like um, six o'clock the previous evening until 12 o'clock the next day. So you are just missing breakfast. It's not too harsh because you're asleep um, for most of it. Um, so I made it gentle. I was really kind to myself. The next day, I was a bit annoyed. I was like, I feel really tired. I was expecting to have this clear head and feel really energised. But I just stuck with it because I'd made a commitment to be curious and playful. And I did. My coach has set us two quite big kind of like up leveling 
projects and I found that because I was fasting I had the space to consider them and I did some really good journaling work some work for myself what I found is because I was fasting at the weekend I used that space where I would have been thinking about food or would have been getting on with my day so I didn't feel like I had the energy to get out in the garden and lift rubble which is one of the things that we need to do at the moment or want to do at the moment so instead I rested and went inward so it became like a nourishing retreat as well now I didn't do a week and there's a good reason for it. The next day I had um, a new client and I also had a coaching call. And it meant that my brain would have to switch from sugar to glucose, which is not sugar. <laughs> sugar is glucose to fat. And that can be quite a difficult shift. And I didn't feel like I was making that shift. I felt quite tired. I did actually feel really, really good on the Monday morning. But I made a conscious decision that I was going to eat breakfast so I could be at my best for both my client and myself in the coaching call and I was really comfortable with that decision it felt right it felt nourishing it was gentle it was a gentle rebellion against the thing I was already rebelling against which is the idea that the we we're always thinking about food and meal times and how to nourish ourselves and like foods become a big discussion particularly in the UK there's a lot of politics around it. it's just like it's just got a bit heavy and not having one meal, I cannot tell you the spaciousness and how love it's. I found it really freeing. But then I also found it really good to go. No, not today. Today I'm going to have breakfast. It's great. And what was really interesting was I wasn't very hungry. I wasn't in a hurry to eat. I ate more slowly. I ate more consider with more consideration. Like I was really like what I took my time in preparing it. What's the most nourish when you have fewer meals it's like well what's the most nourishing and enjoyable things I can put into that it, it was really good for me did I do it properly no have I finished reading the book no did I do <laughs> did I do weeks three and four no do I care no am I grateful we wrote the book very much so um might I do the longer fast maybe maybe not Actually, I think it would be fun to do a 24 or even a 36 hour fast, but not as some hard thing to do. The reason I would now consider it is I love it. I'm super excited. I have discovered this like better attention control. It's really interesting because the biggest thing for me was where my attention was pulled. So oh, but you always eat breakfast. And then there was this fear. Oh my goodness. And this passed really fast. But what I notice is this fear of scarcity. You're not eating. What will happen? You might feel terrible. You might feel weak. Your blood sugar might drop. Like how many times are we told as children, you must eat this, you must keep your blood sugar up. Sorry, that was a helicopter went over my house just then. Anyway, so what I found in this intermittent fasting was this noticing the hunger and then saying self-soothing, feeling safe. It's OK. Just going to deliberately miss one meal in order to. And this was important for me was this. I had this deep purpose to heal my gut. So I imagined my gut mending you know, like relining itself, whatever, I don't know. I didn't even do it in detail. It's just like, my gut is healing. 
I love my tummy. I love everything it does for me. And then the mitochondria, it's like, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have more energy. This is a really good reset. This is really good for me. And then my intention was just to go back to eating normally. But I haven't. And I find this fascinating. So I broke I broke the protocol and then I went back to it by choice on like the yeah, on the Wednesday, just because I could. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And um I'm really enjoying it now. So um I did a shorter fast. I ended it sooner today because that felt right for me, but yesterday I fasted until lunchtime. Just because I can and just because it's nice and because it gives me space to either go inward and journal more because it screws, it playfully disrupts, it screws with my morning routine and it's been really good for me. And also, I don't know, there's something really nice about noticing the hunger, noticing the fear over, which I only had for the first day or so, noticing this like instinctive fear. <gasps> Where's the meal? Where's the meal? And then just going, it's okay everything's okay we're doing this on purpose for a good reason there's plenty of food and just having more control over when and how I eat not rushing to eat not making sure I've eaten before I do this call or I've eaten before I do this like I'm recording this at lunchtime my lunch will be late and I'm absolutely relaxed about it so my blood sugar has stabilized but for me it's there's something about paying attention to the signals from my body um, and listening really deeply and then being able to make a choice. So I'm and I want to make this clear, I'm not overriding the signals as in pushing them away. And this came up for me. Oh, but you're not listening to your body. Oh, you're slipping back into being really harsh, missing a meal because you're too busy. Wasn't what I was doing. I was choosing to miss a meal and do something else with that time. I was choosing to listen to my body even more deeply. And this is what's happened. I mean, yoga does that. I don't want to say should. You can. Yoga was originally about that. And you can choose to use yoga, a yoga practice to connect with your body and your heart and yourself. I chose to do that with the multi gym and I chose to do that or I just or actually I discovered that very, very deeply with my playful, gentle experiment with intermittent fasting. And at the moment, I'm taking the goodness from that and continuing with it in a very gentle way because I'm enjoying it, because I'm finding it fun. So I just wanted to share that. That's the first thing that could be that I had seen as a hard thing, improve my fitness and has become easy, expansive and joyful because I did it gently, because every time I thought I was pushing or trying really hard or trying to kind of treat myself as a self-improvement project, I caught it and I changed it. And that was really powerful for me. The second thing is that I'm doing at the moment is relaunching my group program called Get Your Life Back. Now, I've noticed that I had this heaviness around it, this like procrastination around it. Oh, it feels really hard. I, has, I have to do like lots of difficult things like lives and, and just 
it's a launch is a big thing there's lots of tech involved you know it's like it felt like a hard thing so then i i caught myself um procrastinating procrastination and overwhelm around something is a sign that i need to look at it differently for me and i looked at it and i thought why have i got this why has it become a hard thing when when I created it and first launched it, it was the most joyful thing. And it was easy to find people because I was just like, come on in. You've got to you've got to experience this. This is amazing. This is my best work yet. What's changed for me? What what is going on here? And what I realized was, um, first of all, I believed it was hard. and <laughs> I had to challenge that. And secondly, I, I was going I didn't have it priced correctly I didn't have um I didn't have my vision properly in it it wasn't on mission it wasn't that god that sounds a bit bleh. it just didn't feel right something was off and taking that this feels off so instead of feeling like well I ought to relaunch it because it's good I just listened and what I found was I my original plan was was not what I wanted so my original plan was this is a way to reach lots of women, um, but still make it high quality. So I was compromising. This is the problem. So you can do a digital course, which is DIY, and you can eventually, you know, just get that out to lots of people and they got it. But it's up to them to do it. Um, and then there's the the higher priced group program, like a mastermind or just like a group program with lots of lots of one-to-one and that's much more likely to get people what they want because you're in there you're giving lots you're on it and they they take more responsibility for themselves because they've committed to this and what I'd done with get your life back which I didn't realize at the time was I'd kind of gone for a hybrid so what I was trying to do was make this kind of I was trying to make a group coaching program at the price and um input from me of more of a DIY course I was trying to do a crossover and I'm sure some people have done that really well but it for me I've been in one where you you bring more and more people in and then the group coaching consists of like a hundreds of people or even like a thousand people on a call and then you just have what's called a hot seat so maybe three or maximum four people on a session will get coached and it's it's great because you do genuinely learn so much from other people being coached and it is absolutely incredible how that happens on a call where somebody will ask a question it's your question or it's not even your question but you just go oh my god that's how I, and you get insight after insight it's very powerful i'm not knocking it but it's not me <laughs> it's just not me i i don't it's not what i now pay for and invest in for myself because i don't know i just feel i guess I don't know. I don't know if it's an introvert thing. I don't know what it is. It's not what I want. It's not enough for me. I want individual coaching. And for me, I want the group coaching. I want to listen for other people. I want both. Um, and that's just what I choose to invest in for myself. And it's very powerful. So I had to relook. So I listened to the procrastination. I listened to, oh, it feels so hard to relaunch. Launches are hard. You know, how am I, I just want, basically, I wanted to skip the 
what I saw as the hard thing and just be in September, have my group, be working with them one to one, be super excited about them, be holding their vision of themselves for them, be watching their results, being being scooping them up in the week and, you know, just like, oh, my goodness, that's where I wanted to be. But I had this huge block between where I was now and how to get there. And I didn't like I had to do the hard thing. So I was kind of like, a, right, you have to just do it. You're you know, you're not I don't know, you're not really doing what you said you were doing. You're procrastinating. So I caught that judgment. I listened to the procrastination and I went, what's wrong? And I worked out what it was. It's priced too low for the amount that I wish to put in. It's just too low. Like it's a whole year. It's a whole year with me. That's like it's priced too low. I can't I can't give that for at that price point. It's not possible. It doesn't feel right. It feels really wrong for me. So I'm doubling the price. And as soon as I doubled the price, I was like, ah, <laughs> there it is. That's what's wrong. So I'm super excited to be relaunching now. I'm just really excited. It doesn't feel hard any longer. It doesn't feel like this big heavy thing. It doesn't feel like there's this obstacle between me and talking to individually, having those lovely chats um, to discover if if my next group of people are a fit for the program. It doesn't feel hard. It just feels like oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to be, you know, seeing the calls being booked in my email and going, oh, brilliant. I've got another chat with somebody today about whether get your life back so fit for them. I just honestly, I'm just so excited now. So now I'm imagining how I can make it even better. And and then I remembered some of my original ideas and and it all suddenly makes sense. It suddenly makes sense. This is what I set out to create and I got distracted by a different format. And, and now I'm just being more true to myself. And I'm just really, really excited and feel really privileged that soon I will be talking to the next people and welcoming them in and helping them get what they want and more. And I can't wait. So if you think you might want to be and get your life back, please make sure that you book a chat with me. The links under this episode or go to my website, go to the work with me page and book a call. You can look at my calendar and just let's let's talk. Especially as if you do that very soon before the price goes up, you can. I'm honouring the original price just because I said I wouldn't put the price up. And so I'm, I'm allowing if you were one of the people who heard that, you've still got that option before the price goes before the price doubles. So um, and also what's super exciting is that you will get the benefits of Well, I'm always upgrading. I mean, I'm always putting lovely surprises in, but I'm genuinely looking at it in a different way. And because I'm looking at it as a group program, not as something that long term I will scale to hundreds or thousands of people, I'm looking at it in a different way, which means I'm able to put in extra call times for people who can't make the uh, weekly and then monthly calls. I'm just I'm able to put more in and and show up more in a different way and it's just oh just so excited I can't wait so book that discovery call um do it now before you forget before you get so overwhelmed and busy by distractions or 
and or before your mind says, oh, no, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, or maybe I'm not fit, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe I can't do it, maybe I'll do it another time. No, just book the call. It's no obligation. It's just you and me having a chat, me helping you discover um, what's right for you so you can make a decision. It's either a hell yes from you or it's it's a no <laughs> from me because I'm not, I'm not interested in persuading people. That doesn't work. It's just not a thing. It doesn't make any sense. That's I'm not open for that. So if you'd like to do that, book a discovery call. Right. So that's how I made um, fitness. Not a hard thing. That's how I made my upcoming launch. Not a hard thing. And thirdly, writing my book. So apparently writing a book is really hard, right? Um, well, what if well, what if it's not? What if for me it's easy or what if I can make it easy or I don't know, I'm open for it being easy because you know what? I'm done with it being hard. So if you've known, if you've been listening for a while, I wrote the first draft two years ago and it's not published. And then I committed to writing this one in April and I wrote it. It's not published. Why isn't it published? Because editing's really hard. Like I can write and I write far more than I publish because editing, I find editing harder. So, because I have to re-go in and deal with spelling and grammar and I just have to write and then I just start, my coach calls it polishing away the magic, you know. So, this is what I did. I decided, for me, it's easy. I decided it doesn't need to be perfect. I decided that I'm doing it anyway and I've decided it needs to be out in September because I'm done with waiting and I can feel the next book already. So this is what I did. I used the procrastination to identify the resistance because procrastination is a symptom of resistance. Do I really want to do this? Hell yes. Have I got a book in me? Lots of books in me. Are people waiting to read this book? Yes, people keep asking, where's the book? So it doesn't have to be perfect. Am I scared it's going to not be brilliant? Well, I was and now I've decided it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm perfectly OK with how I know it will be. So I'm starting to trust myself, trust my process, trust that there's at least one person out there who wants to read it and that they will benefit from it. And when I write it for them, it's different. In fact, what I then did was I sat down and wrote it to myself 10 years ago. And that was really helpful because then it becomes um, well, it becomes a, a work of healing for myself. Imagine if I had found this book 10 years ago, um, how much pain I could have saved myself. Um, but it just becomes it just becomes easier. And I, that's the point, right, to make it easier, because the and then also I did two other things which are really important. One, I decided I'm a writer soon a writer and a soon to be published author and that changed things so I wrote at the top of my calendar for August I am a writer and then I decided last week that I would write every day just to get back into the habit of writing because I've really enjoyed that habit when I was writing my book so I blogged um but didn't tell anyone so I've published five blogs on my website you can go and check it out now um and I just blogged every day I just blogged every day that's just what I do. I get up, I write, I blog. I get up, I write, I blog. I made it a smaller thing. It's not a big deal. I can write. 
I can write, I can write. I've loved writing for a long time. I've had blogs before. I'm just right. I write, I write, I write because I'm a writer, soon to be published author. And then what I did is I imagined my book completed and out in the world being appreciated in September. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm doing a daily. I imagine my book is completed with ease and it's out in the world being appreciated. So I made writing a book not hard. It's not a hard thing. It's just something I do. I feel passionate about this. I want to do it, but I absolutely refuse to do it the hard way because I am done with doing things the hard way. I am done with being told things are hard. I am done with being told life has to be hard if you want more than the average. I am done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not open for things being hard. Full stop. I know how to gently rebel and make things work for me. I know how to make my life magical. I choose to gently rebel and do things differently. I choose to gently rebel and reject the narrative that things have to be hard. I get to decide. Might I come across something that's too hard? Maybe. But in my life, I've suffered illness, bereavements, all sorts of difficulties, and I have survived them. So, yes, Of course, there are painful, difficult things in life, but how we deal with them, how we approach them, how we lean into support for those things makes them harder or easy or less hard or easier or gentler or impossible or possible. How we do things matters. So, I really, really hope that you have got a lot out of this episode. I am not going to apologise for its length. I could feel the apology coming and I rejected it because this is a rich episode and I have shared a lot of personal stuff, which I hope will really, really help you. Just to summarise quickly, doing hard things the gentle way means gently rebelling against the idea that they have to be hard, that they are hard, by looking for evidence that some be somewhere once even has done them in an easier way by rejecting or even more gently just resisting the idea that life has to be hard or that doing hard things is necessary to have what we want by listening to resistance that comes up for you about this idea that things don't have to be hard um And then just exploring that resistance whether it's to do with being lazy selfish or missing out on your full adventure And then I shared three examples of how I am doing this myself through fitness, through my um, relaunch of my group coaching program and through writing my book. I hope that has made you want to turn your hard things into possibilities in an easier, gentler way. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If this resonates with you, please use the like, subscribe and share buttons to help other people find their way here too. And please do go to www.heidimark.co.uk forward slash the one minute mark with an E to join my mailing list and receive my free one minute life changing audio practice.